The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And you know, I know we a lot of you have been giving us feedback about our glossary series that we are well underway on. Many of you really enjoy. We've heard from some of you that have used some of the things from our glossary series in your jobs, in part of what you're doing to maybe find a new career for many cases. We've actually even heard from many of you that have enrolled in our CPMAI methodology training and certification. So we really thank a lot of you have having going through that. We know some of you may, may be getting a little tired of our glossary series. We know there's lots more to cover around AI. And we've actually increased the frequency of our podcast. We we now podcast two, sometimes even three times a week, mainly to cover all this great material. We didn't just want to end the glossary series because there, well, there is more to it, but there actually is going to be coming to an end, not, not too far from now. So don't you worry about that. But to increase the variety a little bit, and to also make sure we are covering some of the, the big things that are happening and changing in the AI ecosystem, we're going to be introducing some new series, some additional things into our podcast. Uh, we can't not talk about generative AI, so keep an eye out for our generative AI series. We'll, of course, be tackling it from our perspective. A lot of you are very much aware of what generative AI is, but how do you make use of it? How do you how do you not just... Uh, you know, make do the fun things that are kind of random, but actually make it do something valuable for you, or of course, avoid some of the problems of which there are many in generative AI. But of course, the other thing that we've been constantly hearing about, and I think is much more a part of everybody's daily conversations with AI, has to do with trustworthiness and making sure these AI systems, one, deliver the value that they're supposed to deliver, and two, keep you out of trouble because, uh, well, you can get yourself into a lot of trouble. Exactly. And with, you know, everything in the news these days, we wanted to make sure that we talked about it. And so we thought it was worthwhile to have a trustworthy AI podcast series. In today's podcast, we're going to be tackling why are trustworthy, ethical, and responsible AI systems even necessary? I think that that's a great question that you should continually be asking, uh, especially as we hear these these buzzwords, things in the news. You know, a lot of people are talking about ethical AI, responsible AI, trustworthy AI, and really what what is it and why why is it important? So the need for trustworthy AI systems. You should be asking yourself, you know, different questions when it comes to your AI projects. We always say, you know, think big, start small, iterate often. Also make sure you're you're going through best practices when you're working on AI projects, start with business understanding. But when we're talking about trustworthy AI systems, there's a few core questions that we need to be asking, especially as it relates to, you know, do we trust machines to make decisions? Do we trust that AI systems won't harm you? Do you trust that the data that goes into the training systems? Do you trust where that data came from, data sources, that it's good, reliable, uh, you know, data? And we want to be asking all these different questions. Do you trust the organizations that collect and use your data? Are you confident in the security and safety of these systems? Do we trust how these systems are going to be applied to our own lives, whether that's a professional life, our personal lives? We need to be understanding how that works. And also, how will these systems, do we trust how they will augment, replace, or enhance 
our work, whether that's, again, personal or professional, you know, how is this going to impact my day-to-day job, how I'm interacting with people? Because at the end of the day, trust is required for AI systems to deliver benefit, which is the whole reason that we have technology in the first place. And the loss of trust is very hard to gain back. There's numerous there's numerous things in the news about how, you know, different organizations have put in AI systems and eroded trust. And that is not something that you want for many reasons. One, you're, you don't want to be in the news for bad, for bad reasons. And number two, once you start to lose trust with your users, with your employees, it's going to be incredibly, incredibly challenging to get that trust back if you ever get it back. Yeah, there have been a lot of things in the news and a lot of what we do when we do education or training around trustworthy AIs, we actually take directly from the news. We don't have to hypothesize or theorize about what can go wrong because there's plenty of stuff that goes wrong that's highly visible. We also have to ask if we have autonomous systems that operate with little human control, do we trust them? These are all questions of trust that Kathleen went through. One of those things that come out of the news not too long ago was just in general about algorithms and whether we trust the algorithms are doing the right thing. There's a scandal in Holland and Netherlands. The Dutch scandal really served as a the tax authority, ruined thousands of lives after using an algorithm to spot suspected benefits fraud. But the critics said that there was little stopping it from happening again when it was misapplying that. So this could really ruin a lot of people's lives. Of course, we know about loss and erosion of trust with uh, you know, social media companies, you know, Facebook and Cambridge Analytica many years ago. But these are the same companies building AI systems, right? And we have to trust our data. We have to trust what they're doing with our data. We have to trust what they're doing with us, right? And even when we have autopilot and you know autonomous systems, you know, we have systems like Tesla, which has its auto drive, you know, causing some real fatalities. You know, we have a, a funny incident of a car that was on autopilot running into a plane. I was clearly not aware of it. But like these are real issues of concern. And I think that the biggest thing that we always talk about is that we want AI to have real positive impact and lasting positive impact. You know, we don't want it to have be just a flash in the pan. And if we think of AI as transformative, that's something that really transforms the way we live, the way we work, our interactions with each other. That means that it can also be disruptive, right? We see this all the time with technology disrupting our daily lives. You know, kids don't even talk to you anymore at the table. They have a mobile phone. So <laughs> that's pretty obvious disruption. But there's disruption in, in our work. There's disruption in our patterns of living. There's disruptions in our quality of life. And some disruption can be good. You know, we want to disrupt the things that maybe were inconvenient, the things that were maybe less secure, the things that were perhaps not as good quality of life. That's technology always brings that sort of disruption. But of course, disruption has its negative side. You know, it changes the way that workforces work. It changes societal and the way we interact with each other. It it changes our relationship to each other around privacy, surveillance, security. A lot of times people start delegating their own thoughts to devices and, and they stop thinking. Right. And so technology sometimes replaces common sense. You know, people taking a GPS and literally driving into a pond. Right. Why? Why don't they think? You know, it's because we are offloading a lot of this thinking to these devices and these machines. And this, of course, introduces new opportunities for threats. So really, in order for us to 
have systems of trust, we have to have this idea of trustworthiness at many different levels. And we'll talk about this, whether it's ethical and responsible and governed and transparent and explainable and all these sorts of things. But we really need to think about it from all those levels. Exactly. And when we talk to different organizations, we say, you know, this isn't just a feel-good thing to have. It, you're going to have real liability. So making trustworthy, ethical, and responsible AI a re- reality shouldn't just be about a policy statement or a press release, but it should really be implemented. I I think that you know organizations and individuals are starting to understand this more, but there can be real substantial liabilities and risks if you have untrustworthy untrustworthy, unethical, or irresponsible AI. We talked about it, you know, if you if you lose that trust, it's incredibly difficult, may not ever come back. This isn't something that you should just put out as a press release and say, hey, our organization now is trustworthy AI, in air quotes, like what even is that? I don't know, but we put it in a press release, so now we have it. You really need to be thinking this through and making sure that it's in, you know, it's in everybody's mind when you are creating these systems. Again, we always have kind of this, you know, rip from the headlines because we want to say, well, how is this, how is this being used in the real world? And what are some of those real world implications that have happened when trustworthy AI was not thought about or it was not put in place? Uh, this was a few years ago now, but a self-driving Uber car hit and unfortunately killed a pedestrian because it didn't recognize that pedestrians can do things like jaywalking, where humans, if you drive, you understand, yes, humans are going to jaywalk, especially especially in certain parts of the country or different parts of the world. Uh, there's different norms about you know jaywalking, walking outside of those designated areas where you should be. Also, Apple, they had a facial recognition system and it was wrongfully uh, identified someone and said that they were a criminal. And now the teen is suing the company because he was, you know, wrongfully arrested. You need to make sure that you are putting different, uh, you know, trustworthy, ethical, responsible AI systems in place. Maybe, you know, how much do you still need to keep the human in the loop? All these questions need to be answered because, again, once you start eroding trust and you get in those headlines, it's going to be incredibly difficult to gain that trust back. Yeah, we've had many different cases of investors perhaps suing their company. In one case, an AI made some automated trades that cost them 20 million bucks. You know, that was what are they, who are they suing? Are they suing the company? They're suing the algorithm. The algorithm was was what caused the problem, right? Your company can't say, well, it wasn't me, it was the algorithm. Well, no, I mean the algorithm, you know, it's part of what your organization does. Lots of lawsuits we're starting to see. Uh even C3 AI was basically being sued in a class action lawsuit over their AI when that whole company as an AI company. So I think one of the things that we we will talk about more in this Trustworthy AI series is that Trustworthy AI is really a set of things that you need to do. It's really a set of actions that you need to take at multiple different levels across the whole organization to make sure that you we address all the different 
aspects of AI that could cause problems. And it's not just a matter of, say, hiring six well-known people and putting them on a board when these people don't even work for the company and don't even implement those things, right? They're not the developers. They're not the data scientists. They're not the, they're not the privacy people. They're just some uh, figureheads. That clearly doesn't do anything because that's not going to shield you from lawsuits. It's not going to shield someone from being accidentally killed or damaged or hurt in some way, right? You need to actually have some controls in place. And part of this is that there, there's a, a beyond just the these physical reasons, people have re- legitimate worries, I should say, about AI. Some of them are emotional. Some of these are fears that they have. You know, when you say, when you say AI, maybe some people get really excited. Uh, but when you say AI, maybe some people really don't <laughs> and they fear it. And if they don't, they're not uh, enthralled by AI and they see all the negative things, they're not going to want to use your application or their, your system or your banking thing or your customer thing. They're not going to want to walk into your store and use your autonomous retail product. They're not going to want to sit in that autonomous vehicle and let the cab drive them around. Maybe because their fears are well emotional, right? Like they maybe they're worried about super intelligence taking over the world. Maybe they're worried about robots taking over their job. Maybe they're worried about their lack of privacy and data. Maybe they're worried about too much data and too many, too much control and too few hands. And a lot of those things are really kind of more emotional because, well, we don't have super robots and we don't really have, you know, uh, everybody's job disappearing, although in some cases we have some jobs disappearing. So they're more emotional, but you have to address those emotional concerns as part of building trust. Because as Kathleen mentioned, trust is about feeling as well as about doing. It's not just about some checkbox thing. Exactly. And so it's, you know, as Ron mentioned, and we continue to say, you do need to address all of this from that holistic perspective, because if you do want people to trust your AI, then make sure that you are addressing both the fears that people have that Ron said may be, you know, irrational, but they're definite fears and concerns as well. So these, you know, concerns can be grounded in in truth and in facts. We've seen people, you know, have real concerns around AI with a lack of transparency, especially as it relates to deep learning, maybe some bad actors doing bad things with AI. That's always seems to make the news. And so people see the bad things that can be done with AI rather than those mundane things that are done every day on a daily basis for good. That's not shared because that's not, you know, newsworthy. So bad actors doing bad things, that's a real concern. AI systems vulnerable to tampering and data security, also susceptible to bias in data, and there's issues around fairness. Also, you know, we always, data is the heart of AI, so there's going to be a lot of data-related issues. We talked about data security, but also maybe there's concerns around data privacy and data usage. How is your data being used? And laws are not always keeping up with technology. We talk about emerging technology. Uh, You know, there's reasons for this. Uh, A lot of times people want to see how that technology is being used rather than creating laws and then letting people work around them. They want to see how the technology is being used and then create laws that are actually going to be beneficial for that technology. But it still is a concern because laws don't keep up with that technology. So we need to make sure that we're addressing both these fears and these concerns, because this really is the cornerstone of trustworthy AI systems, making sure that we have people feel comfortable using these systems. Yeah. So one of the things that we've seen in organizations is there's been this idea that, well, if I just 
you know, have the right uh, person in charge, or I have some sort of committee that's in charge of ethical and responsible AI, or I have an ethics group or something like that, uh, well, everything is covered, right? Well, the answer, of course, is not, you know, other than maybe making possibly some shareholders happy by putting something in your ESG statement or something, which is really doesn't do anything about the problem and doesn't make those problems magically go away. You know, think of it in terms of medical. If this was a medical device, let's say you're a company and you had some sort of new artificial heart and clearly things can go wrong, right? And you go, well, instead of actually making sure that things don't go wrong and having many levels of control and having like testing and also ways of reporting problems, I'm just going to have a board that sits here and says, uh, we're going to keep an eye on uh, this this hard thing and make sure it's okay. And by the way, these six people on the board don't even work for the company. They're just some external. You would never put up with that, right? And AI systems, in order to make them a, a practical reality, in order to make them actually delivering ben benefit for the company, they need to do. we need to do it in a way that enhances their responsibility, the organization, and reduces the overall liability, right? So one of the things that we've we've really been spending a lot of time doing over the past few years now is going into organizations and sitting with them, spending time with them to develop for themselves, because every organization is different. Every organization has different products and services, different ways that they run their business, different processes. For each organization, what is going to be their framework, their method for addressing each of the specific levels and layers of concern for trustworthy AI, knowing that what they do today might be different than what they do tomorrow, but you want to set up for the organization this idea of this framework that guides what everybody does, every single contributor and every single part of the organization, from the C-level down to the developer, from the data scientists to the privacy officers, risk management, all those people need to be aware that you're building AI systems that can have tremendous amount of risk and liability. And so this has brought up something that we're going to tell you are about, which is our new three-day on-site team-based trustworthy AI framework workshop. Exactly. So as Ron said, we've been doing this now for a few years. And it's important that this is built inside the organization rather than, as we said, have those external parties come in, you know, and you have this board made up of six people that are not on actually employees of your organization, not in their day to day doing all of this, uh, you know, have an outsider's perspective, which sometimes can be good. But if it's for your trustworthy AI, then you want to make sure that it's people who understand this and have real skin in the game. So for a few years now, as Ron said, we have been doing this and we wanted to let our podcast listeners know as well. We offer a three-day on-site team-based trustworthy AI framework workshop because it's going to help you take the practical steps forward to make trustworthy AI a reality at your organization. So it's important to have alignment with your teams on key trustworthy, ethical, and responsible AI concepts and terms. That's why we introduced the glossary series, because we wanted to make sure everybody was understanding that this is, you know, just aligning your team with those key concepts and terms. But it's incredibly important to make sure that you're all speaking the same language, all have a baseline of understanding on what this is so that you can move forward uh, as a group. 
Also, you'll be able to develop a practical, implementable, organization-specific, comprehensive, trustworthy AI framework that addresses key considerations for the you know, layers of trustworthy AI. So that's ethical, responsible, governed, transparent, and interpretable AI systems. It's important that you're developing that with your team. And that's what we've seen over and over because you want to make sure that you own this. This is a living, breathing thing. You know, It's going to change over time. So make sure that you develop it and feel comfortable with it. And then also have an actionable checklist that provides guidance to different stakeholders for applications of the framework in different phases of your AI product development. It's one thing to just, you know, have something, but it's another thing. People sometimes need a little bit more handholding or a little bit more guidance. And so having checklists we've always found is incredibly useful because you know, you know, step by step what needs to be done, section by section what needs to be done, and then you can go ahead and do that. And also make sure that you have development of controls, practices, procedures, audits, and regulations in the way that AI systems are built deployed, managed, monitored, and changed. This also is incredibly important, especially depending on uh, you know, what industries you're in. If you're in an industry that has a lot of regulations, you need to make sure that you are complying with all of this. And so we have gone ahead and built our uh, you know, three day, like I said, and it's team based. That also is incredibly important. We want you to bring your team there. Trustworthy AI Framework Workshop. To learn more and register, you can go to cognolitica.com slash trustworthy. That's C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A dot com slash trustworthy. And I'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well so that you can just click on that link and it'll take you right there. But this is incredibly uh, important and we're excited to bring it to our audience. So please do check it out if you're interested in learning more. Yeah, and so you'd think that you know these podcasts are not just an infomercial to to sell this workshop, although that is in part we're reaching out because folks have told us about it. What we're going to be doing across this whole series, so this is a series of podcasts, is we'll be sharing many of the insights from the workshop and from especially some of the education components and some of the insights as to well, you this is a lot harder than just. Uh, saying something, you have to actually do something. And the question is, well, what do you do? And surprisingly, there really is very little guidance out there. Just like when we developed CPMAI, we thought, oh, surely there's got to be an existing AI project management methodology out there that tells you how to run an AI project. I mean, look at all these big companies running AI projects. They're probably following some sort of method, right? They couldn't possibly be doing things randomly. Wow, were we surprised <laughs> to know that, yeah, indeed, a lot of them were, were and, and still are, by the way, running their AI projects, like either like it's an app dev project or like it's some sort of uh, data research project or like with no method at all, just like, hey, go do something. Uh, and then you're like, well, what do I, you know, how, well, how do I know it's going to succeed or fail? That's where CPME High comes from. It was a bit of a shock to us, actually, to realize that that, I guess, was not the case. And that's where that emerged uh, many years ago. And the same thing we're realizing, the very same thing with trustworthy AI. We're like, surely organizations have some sort of process or method that they follow to make sure that their AI systems are trustworthy. And wow, surprise of surprise, there isn't any other than just what we call lipstick on the pig, where you pretend you're doing stuff or do something just to make um, you know, shareholders happy or something, there's really no method. So here we are again, and why we think this is a, a big thing. So we encourage you to join us on this journey. We're going to continue to share more with you. Stay tuned, stay subscribed, stay part of it, share this with folks who may not be listening to the AI Today podcast, perhaps 
those in your organization who may be worried about risk and exposure and all those sorts of stuff, we'd love to have them listen to this particular series. Absolutely. And so please make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't done so already. We will be continuing with our trustworthy AI series, and we're also having a generative AI series, as Ron mentioned at the beginning of the podcast. So stay subscribed so you get notified of all that. I know we love when our listeners reach out to us. Lots of listeners have been talking about generative AI, asking us questions. We said, okay, we need to address this with the podcast. So that's why we're doing it. So, you know, please, if you have any topics, that you'd like us to cover or questions, always reach out to us. Uh, we'd love to hear from our listeners. You can go to aitoday.live or uh, you know, reach out to us on LinkedIn. I know many of our listeners do that. So with that, we hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. Like this episode and want to hear more? With hundreds of episodes and over 3 million downloads, check out more AI Today podcasts at aitoday.com. Live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.